0: hello and welcome into another episode of the Fantasy football pod with nick and cody cody coming to you on a beautiful saturday morning here from st louis missouri how are you doing today buddy
1: uh, i'm doing wonderful coming across uh, coming to you from the other side of the state from kansas city but uh doing pretty good uh obviously recording a little later than we usually do but uh you had some work things. I had some work things. My wonderful girlfriend had her birthday on Thursday, so happy birthday, Victoria! And then uh, woke up this morning and we both ran a 5K. So I think uh, you're tired, a little tired from work. I'm tired from being up early and running three miles. So let's uh, let's move, let's bring the bring the energy for the fantasy football side of it, but we'll we'll try and keep it upbeat as much as we can.
0: Cody is a man of action. We appreciate that. Uh, and in the interest of getting this done, we will go ahead and just move into the news and notes here. Uh, there is a lot of injuries to get to. So we'll uh, we'll go ahead and update y'all on the information you need. Uh, before we start here. Just remember, Detroit, uh, Detroit, Las Vegas, Houston, and Tennessee are on bye this week. The buys begin in week six, so if you have any of those players in your lineup, go ahead and get them out of there. They are not playing this week. And uh, before we start with the rest of the injuries, I wanted to uh, mention this. We should have been on this last week because the bye started this week, but... Ah, uh, next week, especially, probably gonna be the most competitive waiver wire there is this year because the uh, the t- the teams on by are very fantasy relevant. We have the Rams, Vikings, Eagles, and bills. it is a it is a by mageddon as it were next week. I think that's going to be the big one this year. So just try to get ahead of it. if you uh, if you have any of those guys on your team, especially the quarterbacks, uh, they're gonna be. You know, a lot of competition for the streamers. I think Derek Carr and Jimmy G are kind of my two favorite guys that are available in most leagues. Derek Carr, more of a shallow league guy, and Jimmy G, more of a deep league guy. But, uh, Cody, I don't know if you have any guys you want to recommend, but, um, you know, I think that's something that is important to note before we head into next week. Should be very competitive and, you know, the better players get ahead of that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing I do want to mention with the bye weeks, if, if you're not already doing this, you should be because good fantasy players do it. When you have a player that is listed as out for the week, you should be able to move them to your IR spot as long as your league has one. If you're moving someone to your IR spot and opening up a bench spot... Always go try and add either a backup running back or another streamable quarterback like these couple that Nick had mentioned at this time of the year because you never know what kind of injuries are going to come up. And then also during these weeks you want to make sure that you have the higher end streaming options because you don't want to have to wait around and get stuck starting a uh, Zach Wilson when you could have had a Derek Carr. So make sure you're getting ahead of those kind of things. Those are are the little things in fantasy football that, that help you win championships that go very underappreciated
0: yeah great now cody i love picking up the backup running back whenever you have the chance like you said those are the uh the little things that help you win in the long run because you never know when a big injury is going to happen um i'm going to go ahead and run through these injuries and have you react after the fact cody so uh we're going to get this information out here real quick starting in cincinnati t higgins returns to practice friday his status is still up in the air i would consider him a basically a game time decision at this point. Uh, I would probably be making other plans based on what happened last week. Uh, but T Higgins officially questionable for this week. Jonathan Taylor also officially questionable. I would say he has a little bit better of a, of a chance to play, uh, than Higgins did. Um, but still, uh, make other plans for him. And just be, you know, if he plays, it's gravy. If not, then uh, know that you should have another option there. Naeem Hines is in the same boat. He is officially questionable. He has not uh, progressed through the concussion protocol, but he did practice on Thursday and Friday in a limited fashion. Same as Jonathan Taylor. Chris Godwin added to the injury report with a hip injury this week um he's getting pretty banged up this year he was actually removed by friday uh from the injury report completely so he will play but uh godwin has been a little banged up this year so just keep an eye on that tyler lockett got added to the injury report on thursday kind of a weird one removed on friday you don't really see that very much anytime a midweek uh uh you know addition is made for an injury it's usually pretty bad news but lockett looks like he's going to be good to go um, the Saints guys, Michael Thomas has been ruled out this week again. Jarvis Landry uh, looks like he's trending the same way. Uh, Chris Olave is still questionable right now, but again, he is in the concussion protocol as well, received that uh, concussion last week, so I would be very surprised if he plays. It looks like all three of those guys are going to be out, and it's going to be Andy Dalton under center, so uh, tough week for the New Orleans Saints. It's going to be a lot of Alvin Kamara and a lot of uh, Taysom Hill in that one, it looks like. Rashad Bateman uh, is out this week as well. He did not practice uh, this whole week, so uh, it's going to be another Devin DuVernay week for the Baltimore Ravens. Cooper Cup got added to the injury report for a foot injury. He's expected to play. Still officially questionable, so a little worrisome there for Cooper Cup. Not really uh, somebody that finds himself on the injury report too much, but keep an eye on him. He's a 3 o'clock game. I think you can plan on having him. Uh, Just make sure you have a contingency plan there. Raheem Mostert's dealing with a knee issue. He's expected to play as well, but he is also still officially questionable. So, uh, again, make sure you have an alternative plan. Tyree Kill, uh, full participant in Friday's practice, so it looks like he's good to go. Teddy B was also cleared from his concussion, but he will serve as the backup this Sunday to Skylar Thompson. So he will not play uh, in the game unless uh, he is completely necessary. And then PJ Walker will start this Sunday for the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield's out with that ankle injury. Cody, any general reactions that you have to uh, all that injury news?
1: Yeah, thank goodness the four teams on by have a total of two or three like startable fantasy wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> right. With all of these injuries piled on top of it, um, luckily a lot of running backs aren't dealing with injury right now. Besides, you know Thomas and Mostert, or, or Taylor and Mostert are. Um, up there but um, yeah a lot of injuries I mean we're kind of going to be going game by game and I mean a lot of game time decision injuries also which is just always a little bit scary oh, we saw T Higgins yeah. uh, you know last Sunday night put up a zero even though he was cleared midday to play so uh, just always kind of have a backup option if you can if you're if you're banking on a guy in those prime time games that uh, and that has an injury designation I would just try to have somebody that you can put in there besides them, if at all possible. Um, But besides that, I know the last thing that we have here is uh, involving Carson Wentz. So we'll get to the rest of these guys as we go through each game. You want to go ahead and recap Thursday Night Football real quick?
0: Yeah, uh, I think we're both just going to give a couple of our notes from the game because uh, there wasn't that many notes to garner from that game. Uh, Washington takes it 12-7 to 7 over the Chicago Bears uh, on Thursday Night Football. Another, you know, fantastic game for Amazon Prime uh, this week. I think the last two weeks we've got a combined score of 24-16. to 16. That would be an okay football game in its own right, but uh, with two games put together, not so much. Uh, like you said, the, the note that I have here is Carson Wentz has a fractured finger in his throwing hand. He's going to a specialist this week to see uh, what the extent of the damage is. So we'll get some more updates, um, you know, on Carson later in the uh, the week here. Hopefully he's all right. I think this is more prevalent for the the options in the Washington offense moving forward than you know Carson Wentz necessarily. Pretty much just a back end streaming option at this point, especially after his dud of a performance on Thursday Night Football um I'm pretty I'm pretty pretty happy with the way that we previewed that game though Cody I think we kind of told you that this would be a little bit more of a low scoring affair a little bit of a you know less passing volume for that Washington offense kind of told you to avoid those guys I wasn't too high on them and uh that's kind of how it played out really just not a lot uh you know not a lot of offense on either side and you could kind of see both teams were sort of you know, like playing conservative because they could tell the other team was not going to be able to move the ball very well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and we, you did call it with one of your best bets, Brian Robinson, touchdown. Uh, was plus 240, I think, 270 maybe. So, 270, I think, yeah. Yeah, if you got in on that, congratulations. I actually parlayed that with uh, two other things and had a little three-leg parlay, so that was pretty nice on Thursday. Um, very nice. And then, Also, I we did say to avoid the passing options, but on FanDuel, they had a boosted parlay, which just they just gave you a little bit of better odds on it. And it was um, Mooney, uh, McLaurin and Curtis Samuel to have a combined 150 over 150 receiving yards. So I did lose a little bit of money on that bet because they barely hit 100 between the three of them. So if you started any of them, you were probably disappointed um the running backs were fine um even Cle- i mean cleo herbert got seven carries made the most out of them uh but montgomery's still the main guy there and then on the washington side what's really cool is it looks like brian robinson's going to be that guy for him so yeah i think you can you can go ahead and solidify him in your starting lineup as your as a running back and you're you're good there i don't think gibson's going to fight for uh enough carries to make brian robinson uh irrelevant fantasy wise so and then hopefully they trade Antonio Gibson because he still looks fine with the football in his hands it's just not working out for him in in uh, Washington so if he gets traded I think he could still be a fine fantasy asset somewhere I don't think he's worth dropping but at this point he's nothing more than an insurance handcuff piece.
0: Yeah, I like the work for Robinson. I'm not really sure how excited I am about him as a fantasy option moving forward. I think you can definitely, you know, use him. Obviously, with a running back, opportunity is one of the most important things, and he will definitely have that. But, uh, you know, he doesn't have a ton of explosion, and this Washington offense is just not one I want to have a ton of investment in, to be honest with you. Carson Wentz ended up with 99 passing yards in this one, uh, disgusting total um and like you said brian robinson did have most of the work probably will moving forward so he's a you know an rb2 slash flex option uh moving forward here but uh other than that i don't think you can expect too much from him and as far as a you know like a boom situation he just does not have that much of a ceiling and then that john bates First TD uh, prop that I gave out, I was really disappointed. He actually hurt his hamstring in uh, in warm-ups and didn't play. I was kind of interested because I saw that Washington's other tight end had a few catches and he didn't have any targets, but I had Dante Pettis in the show doc as my first TD prop until I changed it to John Bates because I saw his odds were a lot higher, so I am... I'm a little sad about that one, Cody, because that would have been uh, quite correct oh, the there with Dante Pettis, but uh, he was in a twelve plus 2,500. But, yeah, you know, you can't win them all, unfortunately. So,
1: If you're someone who doesn't, like, love football, but, like, you're just watching it with someone who loves it, put a first TD bet on the game, and you are going to be completely locked in until <laughs> someone scores that first touchdown. Because the odds are good. So like if you bet 10 or even 5 bucks like you're going to get a decent return for most guys and you're just you're so locked in just hoping that it happens for you. So I think that's probably one of my favorite bets. I think I maybe have only hit like one or two ever, but they are they're just a lot of fun. They really get you locked into the beginning of the game.
0: Especially when you're watching a game like Thursday night, when the first touchdown comes late in the third quarter, it, yeah. it gets you gets you a little bit more locked in. Especially, you know, just a game that's kind of hard to watch for the casual observer there in uh, on Thursday Night Football. I don't want to devote any more time in our uh, in our show to that ugly Thursday night game. We'll uh, fully recap it when we do the uh, the Week Six review on uh, Monday. But let's go ahead and get in these matchups, Cody. Uh, we're going to start with new England at Cleveland. Cleveland is favored by two and a half in this one over under is 43. Uh, I think this is kind of a sneaky shootout style game potentially. I don't know if new England's defense is quite as good as they showed last week. And, uh, again, Cleveland's defense has not really been that great this year. So I think that over under may find its way onto our best bets doc. We will see. Uh, but starting on the new England side, Bailey Zappi looks like he is going to be the quarterback this week. I know Mac Jones is questionable, but uh, I I don't expect him to play based on the tea leaves that I have read. So I am expecting Bailey Zappi one more time here, and then probably Jones uh, moving forward. But um, yeah, he's obviously not a fantasy option. That's more just relevant for the options in this passing game. Ramondre Stevenson is a smash start this week. Damian Harris is going to be out for a few weeks um he's absolutely a a smash rb1 i'd call him a top 10 play i again i think we kind of noted this when we did the week five review but patriots running back shenanigans are always at play i think everybody's kind of too quick to crown him as the unquestioned workhorse here i feel like they are going to work other guys in but still even that being said Cleveland's been pretty bad against the run. Ramondre looked really good, so I'm totally fine starting him, and he's uh, probably in my top ten if I had rankings. How about you?
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. I think Ramondre's a smash start, but I do have the same hesitancy. Um, I think Seattle and, and New England are both very similar in the sense that, like, they may have an RB1 for their team, but they're always working in other guys. And just one guy doesn't get all the workload, so I think Ramondre is a great start this week. But um, you know, that's just something to keep in the back of your mind if uh, if you're watching and you know some no-name running backs taking some snaps. It's it's probably bound to happen for the Patriots.
0: And then for the wide receivers, Jacoby Myers has really emerged uh, as a pretty solid option in the passing game. We were kind of waiting for one of these Patriots wide receivers to become the clear leader here, and it looks like he has. Um, Cody, I'm gonna give you a temperature check on Jacoby Myers here. I'm gonna give you a few guys and have you rank them for me. Uh let's go from a half PPR lens. Uh Jacoby Myers, Drake London, Adam Thielen, and Eno Benjamin. Uh this is assuming Drake uh James Connor is out. Uh I, I forgot to mention him in that uh injury doc, but I believe he will miss uh this Sunday as well. So Eno you know, Benjamin should be the starter.
1: Yeah, I think James Conner was officially listed as out, so Eno is the guy this weekend. So he would actually be my number one option. I just think um, you know he's going to be the guy, and he actually looks he looks pretty good when he did get some work there. So um, Eno number one, number two, um, uh, number two. I would actually go Jacoby Myers in half point PPR. I think that just his target share is very nice and. He has a pretty solid floor just with the amount of targets that he has been seeing, so don't mind him there. Uh, London, I'm gonna put three. Those two are probably the two that I had the closest. The issue with London is Charverius Ward. He isn't a top-tier cornerback, but he is elite at breaking up passes. So, you know, if he gets a couple thrown to London and he's covering, there's a chance that those get batted down as opposed to completed. So I think London, just a slight downgrade, but not to the same level as like a Byron Murphy or something like that. And then uh, number four, I'd have Thielen. I actually don't mind starting any of these four guys. I think with the injuries and bye weeks, all four of these guys should get started. But he's just the one I'd be least excited to start. Um, but he should still be a good a good start against a banged-up Miami secondary.
0: Yeah, I would actually have those guys in the exact same order there. Um, I really like Jacoby Myers this week in this Cleveland matchup. Looks like he has become the clear one in uh, New England. And like I said, I think this game has kind of sneaky shootout potential. So yeah. I'd want some pieces here. And no, 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 Yeah, like you said, Eno in that high-scoring game as the lead guy is a little bit too tempting to pass up. His workload should be pretty solid. Um, on the Cleveland side, Jacoby Reset we're not considering from a quarterback perspective. Uh, again, this is kind of just – I wouldn't say as tough of a matchup as it normally is with New England, but it's not an easy one either. So he's a back end QB two, if if even that. Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both starts though. Uh, obviously, you're you're keeping Chubb in your lineup after how good he has looked this year. Uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, on that low end RB two slash flex play spectrum as he kind of always is. But you know, if you, if you have him on your team, you're probably starting him. I, I'm not necessarily scared of this Patriots matchup. Uh, and you know, if you're starting those guys, you're, 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 you're starting them. I mean, we're, we're not, we're not worried about uh, the matchup here with the Patriots, Amari Cooper, hoping his home road splits continue. Uh, he has, you know, basically been really good at home so far this year and really bad on the road. Uh, we'll see if, uh, that holds up here against the Patriots again, they don't really have a number one shutdown corner. The Patriots have kind of been famous for taking away your number one option as it were, but I'm not really sure that is even Cooper in this one. I feel like that's more likely Nick Chubb from the uh, the defensive perspective. So, I'm, I'm not really scared to start Cooper. I think you're just kind of expecting a uh, you know a boom bust sort of situation here. That's kind of how he's been so far this year. Do you have any uh, anything else to add on Amari there, or are you just throwing him in your lineup?
1: Yeah, I'm throwing him in my lineup. I think I'm a little bit higher than you, but not not entirely too much. I think that he's he's a he's a pretty locked in wide receiver too. If if I were ranking out my top 24, I think it'd be hard for me to find 24 that I would put ahead of him uh, this week and on a weekly basis. So I think he's a pretty solid locked in starter for you right now. And then David Njoku, I
0: think, finds himself in the same category. He's a solid low-end starter right now. He, Him and uh, Amari have been kind of consistently leading this passing game in uh, targets and just production in general. Uh, Cody, I have kind of a gross question for you that a lot of people may be considering right now. Would you start David Njoku or Kyle Pitts?
1: Yeah, uh, this is actually a really good question. Whenever I was going through the show doc and saw this, I was like, wow, imagine asking yourself this at the beginning of the season. (laughs) Um, (laughs) For this week, if I needed a win, I'd have to go with Njoku. Um, And again, like you said, I think the Patriots are going to be more concerned with shutting down the rushing attack for this team. So I think that Njoku and Cooper aren't going to get um, a bump down like we would normally see with this Patriots defense. Um, and then with Pitts, we just—he should have a higher ceiling, but we just—we haven't even seen like a solid floor from him yet. So at this point, like, if, if Pitts is your guy, and there's not another high-end streamer, because I would consider Njoku low, like a low-end starter, high-end streamer right in that range. So that's why, and that's kind of where I see Pitts also right now, just without his ability to put up good games yet. Um, but if you're the Pitts manager and you don't have any of those other options, I'm fine starting them. Now, if you were the Pitts manager and you offered me and Joku for Pitts straight up, I think I'd have to take Pitts rest of season just based on potential upside, but I'd still be hesitant to even do that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm definitely starting in Joku this week. I'm not even questioning it. Uh, Kyle Pitts, I think a big game is coming. I, I really feel like his breakout is on the horizon here. I mean, he's just too good and too talented not to uh, to have a big game at some point this year, but... That San Francisco defense scares me off of him this week, uh, and Njoku, like you said, has been pretty solid so far. So I'd be, uh, I, I would go with that option if I had these two uh, in front of me. But yeah, I, I think Kyle Pitts, rest of the season. You have to take him over Njoku. We've already seen Njoku kind of disappear from the offense at times, and we just know he isn't the same caliber of player as Kyle Pitts. You're going to be kicking yourself if you trade Pitts that low. So I think if you trade Pitts for Njoku, you got to get you know another asset back as well. Um, Anything else on Cleveland and New England, Cody?
1: Nope, I don't have anything.
0: Jacksonville at Indy is our next game here. Indy favored by two points at home. Over-under is 42. Uh, This is kind of an interesting game. Jacksonville took the first meeting 24-0 in their uh, their complex a few weeks ago here. But we'll see how this one plays out with a banged-up Jonathan Taylor on the Indy side starting with the Jacksonville options Trevor Lawrence I think we're hoping you have better options in a QB uh, in a one QB league I'd saw I'd call him you know a mid-tier QB2 at this point uh, yeah, we, we were hoping that Trevor Lawrence might take that step into being a top 12 quarterback but you know he's had a couple rocky weeks maybe he can get back on track here but I think uh, Trevor for now is on your bench in one quarterback leagues. James Robinson and Travis Etienne is a little bit more of an interesting conversation, Cody. Robinson has slowed down significantly since his hot start. I'm not incredibly excited to start him in this matchup against Indy. They've been pretty good against running backs so far. Robinson had a solid game against them, but it really all came on one carry. Um, and I, I just, I don't really know what to think about this game in general. I think basically with these Jacksonville running backs, if you think Jacksonville's going to be winning the game or at least close, James Robinson is going to be the better start and if you think Jacksonville is going to have a lot of passing downs and is going to be coming back Travis Etienne will be the guy so uh Cody who are you choosing between these guys at least this week between uh Etienne and Robinson
1: so I I agree with a lot of what you just said there um I I still think James Robinson is going to be my guy for this week I think this should be a relatively neutral game script um Indianapolis hasn't looked good on offense, and this defense for the Jacks has been sneakily kind of good. So um, I'm I'm okay. I think this is going to be a neutral, and it should be a James Robinson kind of game. But with that being said, last week should have been a James Robinson kind of game. So, um, But that's why I'm very hesitant on both him and Lawrence. I think for this week I'm still going Robinson. I'm going to give him another week to reestablish establish himself as a weekly starter. But if ETN outsnaps him, or out-carries him in a neutral game against Indianapolis this weekend, I think James Robinson has to, you know. I mean, it would be very big question marks. I know there's buys coming up, so it's hard to label guys as much be- must bench because uh, you never know who you could have on buys. But, like, this week, if I didn't have Derrick Henry and uh, Damian Pierce and Josh Jacobs all on buy weeks, like, I would probably try to move James Robinson to my bench and hope that he just has – it kind of reestablishes himself, but you're probably forced to start them um, with some good running backs on by. So that was a really long winded say, long winded way to say I would still take Robinson for this week. He just needs to reestablish himself for me.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I'm as confident. Um, and I know you kind of gave some disclaimers there on Robinson, but uh, for some reason I just feel like Indy is going to win this game, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like ETN might be the better play here, but. Like you said, I'm not incredibly confident in either option. So you, you're really just kind of, you know, flipping a coin here between Etienne and Robinson and hoping, basically, uh, as far as the snapshot sure goes, it will come down to game script, uh, basically, between these two guys. But um, let's get a temperature check on the Jacksonville running backs. Would you rather start either one of these guys or either one of the Cowboys running backs against uh, Philadelphia?
1: Yeah, I would go. Um... Again, just the way I see the game going is just a little bit differently here. But I'd go Robinson 1. I'd go Zeke 2 because he's still getting the valuable carries for Dallas. And then I'd go yep. ETN 3, Pollard 4 um, out of those four there.
0: I think I would just switch ETN and Robinson. But like you said, we we see this game going slightly differently. And then uh, between the Jacksonville running backs and Adam Thielen, who would you start this week?
1: So I, it would go Robinson, Thielen, ETN. For me, And I'm sure it's probably the, the exact opposite for you, but I think Thielen's still a pretty good start this week.
0: Yeah, I think I would actually have Thielen third and then uh, ETN Robinson, Thielen. Again, I'm just not incredibly confident in this Jacksonville split, or at least predicting how it's going to go. Um, again, I, I think this game will go a certain way, but I'm not going to put all that in my eggs in one basket. I'm certain it's more of just a feeling than anything else. Are you I starting... Think
1: Thielen- are you starting ETN in our mini-Dynasty League this week? I'm
0: not because I have Daryl Henderson, who we'll get to uh, later, but yeah. he luckily found his way into a starting role this week, as we will mention. Uh, I, I forgot to mention that in the, the news and notes, but uh, we will get to that when we, we talk about Panthers and Rams. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not scared to start ETN this week, but, I, again, I, I just think it's going to really depend on how this, uh, this game script ends up playing out. We'll see – Thielen is going to be kind of a, uh, a flex barrier for us this week. I kind of like, I think Adam Thielen is, is a good guy to just kind of put guys up against and see how confident you are in starting him because he is sort of the, uh, the last guy, as it were, that I am comfortable throwing into my flex. But uh, on the wide receiver side, Christian Kirk had a really rough week last week against Houston. Um, I'm still going to trust him for one more week, especially because he played very well against Indianapolis the first go around here. Uh, they've been very good against wide receivers so far this year. Actually, the number one fantasy defense in total points allowed, but I'm not sure how much uh, that is. You know, I think that's more of a, a product of who they've played so far. And like I said, Kirk had a good game the first time around, so um, I'm not wor- I'm not scared to start him. I think we're sitting the rest of the Jacksonville wide receivers, especially because they're banged up right now, and uh, we'll see how they play uh, this week. But we are we're benching the rest of them, and I'm still confident starting Kirk as a wide receiver too. Uh, do you uh, disagree there, Cody? I,
1: I don't necessarily disagree, but if you're in a really like tight bind and you need to throw Zay Jones in there, he's a deep PPR flex ish option i mean he's giving like eight ish targets a week so i mean if you just need somebody i'm okay with that but other than that i i relatively agree with what you say i I would look to avoid the other options if at all possible
0: Yeah, especially as buys creep up here, it's going to be harder and harder to avoid those auxiliary options. So, again, Zay Jones is on the radar. And then Evan Ingram, another guy on the radar, he's in the streaming category. Uh, Let's just throw out a couple other streamers here and see how you feel about him. Would you start Evan Ingram, Taysom Hill, or Kyle Pitts? Cody, rank those three for me.
1: Yeah, i got to go Taysom, number one, Uh, just with all the wide receivers most likely missing for New Orleans, which we'll get to. um, you just got to go Taysom this week. Pitts, number two. Um, I know he has a tough matchup going against the 49ers, but they are banged up quite a bit on the defensive line, and I still think that they will. the 49ers will be winning this game by a good amount, so they should be throwing until uh, the very end. And then last I would have Ingram. I just think he's a, a mid-tier streaming option, which most tight ends are, I guess. So I, I just still see Taysom and Pitts at a clear level above Ingram.
0: Yeah, I'm actually kind of excited about Taysom this week with all those uh, receiving options missing, like you said. I think he's going to get a decent amount of work uh, in this offense with Andy Dalton under center. Um, On the Indy side, Matt Ryan, I'm not considering starting him in a one-quarterback league. Uh, I'd call him a deep league streamer if you have to, but again, he's more of a two-quarterback league option. Uh, for the running backs, it's hard for me to even really give any analysis here. Uh, I would say, obviously, Jonathan Taylor's in your lineup if he's active. Hopefully, that's the case, and then this becomes a lot easier. But if he's not, uh, Naheem Hines is probably the guy if he's active. But again, uh, we have a questionable tag on Naeem Hines, so not sure what to make of that. And then if Deion Jackson ends up being the guy, I'd call him a low-end RB2. Uh, you really just got to monitor the injuries there to Taylor and Hines. On the wide receiver side, Michael Pittman, he has kind of fallen back into more of a uh, wide receiver two-ish situation right now for the Indianapolis Colts. But uh, I'm still starting him pretty confidently as a solid, uh, you know, back in, you know, maybe more of a wide receiver two, like I said, than a wide receiver one, like we were hoping coming into the year. But I'm not incredibly concerned about Pittman long term. I think he will still be the number one in in Indy moving forward here. Cody, how do you feel?
1: Yeah, I still I feel I feel the same way. I, I'm a little bit concerned with Michael Pittman just because of how bad uh, Matt Ryan has looked. But I, I did have a question for you. If you drafted and kept Pittman for the whole season, I mean, what finish are you going to be happy with by the end of the year? Like, if he finishes as a top 20 wide receiver is that you know a good finish for you a wide receiver 15 or better is there a certain number that you see him that you kind of want to see him get to because i think everyone when they were drafting him was you know hoping wide receiver 12 or better but now we're kind of readjusting our our season long you know rankings like are you moving Pittman down to like you said kind of wide receiver two low end mid tier uh, what's your thoughts there I think that's kind of an interesting question. I think it really kind
0: of depends on when you drafted him. To be honest, he was he was kind that's of one true. of those guys that was rising up the draft board uh, as the the season came on there. So if you ended up getting him in the say you know late fourth fifth round and he finishes as a top twenty guy, I think you're going to be pretty happy with him. But if you ended up getting him later in the draft season and as a as a you know a third round pick maybe even a, a late second, then you're going to be pretty disappointed with that finish. So I think it just kind of depends on what your expectations were, but. Certainly, the uh, the high upside that we potentially saw for Michael Pittman doesn't look like it's going to play out at least to this point, and that's in large part due to uh, his running mate here in Alec Pierce. I think he has actually worked his way into being a you know flex-worthy option at this point, someone we actually have to talk about. He's looked really good. I got to see him in person on Thursday night. He was one of the few bright spots from the offensive perspective on either team, really. In that game, he uh, he showed some pretty decent ability down the field. He has some uh, you know some good contested catch uh, ability on the sideline, especially. He made a few pretty impressive catches for me in that game against Denver. Um, let's get you a temperature check on Alec Pierce. Rank these guys for me, Cody. I'm going to go Alec Pierce, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Tony Pollard.
1: Yep. Yeah, so in full and half point, it's Juju Pierce Pollard for me. And then in non-PPR, it may be the same, but I'm just going to say Juju Pollard Pierce. Um, the reason why I'd have Juju number one, I just want pieces of this KC Buffalo game. Um, every time they play each other, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. Usually a lot of points getting scored. So I just want pieces of that game. And then... <clears throat> Excuse me. Um for Pierce, I just kind of like his PPR upside like we saw last week. He kind of became Matt Ryan's uh safety blanket. Now we'll see how much of that was, you know, Patrick Sertan just being all over Michael Pittman this week. I think that sure. may be more I think that's what people aren't thinking of too much. Um so that's that's just kind of something in the back of my mind that I'm a little bit concerned with Alec Pierce. Um, and then Pollard, I just I'm, I'm really low on Pollard this week. I think he's going to have to pop a big play against a really good Eagles defense to have great fantasy value. So, um, like I said, he could even be my third option in non PPR. But uh, Pierce, like I said, I'm just I'm a little hesitant on Pierce still this week just because I think Sertan has a bigger impact on the game than he's still given credit for.
0: Yeah, that's certainly a possibility with Pierce. I I, I just feel like I, I kind of just like the tape I've seen from. So far, I feel like I'm just kind of calling my shot as it were with Alec Pierce. I I think you're right. I I certainly think that the targets are going to go back towards Pittman, uh, you know, in general, the rest of the year here. But I think Pierce is an interesting guy to monitor and definitely somebody that should be rostered in uh, most leagues uh, moving forward. Minnesota at Miami is our next game. Minnesota favored by three and a half in this one on the road. Uh, surprising to see that line so low for Minnesota. I know I uh, got got uh, beat by the hook uh, in our best bets a few weeks ago on Minnesota, but they also might find their way into that dock later. Over-unders 46. Starting on the Minnesota side, Kirk Cousins, he is just in that low-end starting category. This Miami defense hasn't really shown anything to scare us too much so far, especially after that awful showing against the Jets last week. Um, Cody, a couple of streamers here, I want to get your temperature on. Would you start Cousins or Geno Smith this week against the uh, Arizona Cardinals?
1: Yeah, I love uh, Kirk Cousins this week. He like If we did a start of the week segment for quarterbacks, he would be my guy this week. I think he he has a chance to just tear apart this. I mean, the Miami secondary has been kind of rough so far through the season, and they're banged up going into this week. And my Miami is also just going into the game with their third-string starter, even though they could put Teddy Bridgewater out there. So I feel like there's just a lot of weird stuff going on with Miami right now. I love Kirk Cousins this week. Yeah, uh
0: I think I would probably start Cousins over Gino. I'm not sure I'm as confident in him as you are. I feel like uh the issue here is that third string starter actually. I again, I I feel like a lot of people don't really consider the game scripts going into games as much as they should. I feel like I, you know, I'd be a little more confident if it was Tua or Teddy in this one in Kirk Cousins just because uh Minnesota would be pressed to score uh, a few more points here, but We'll see how it ends up playing out. I think Skylar Thompson will be able to at least move the offense.
1: Say Minnesota's a, defense is pretty it, bad. so <laughs> Yeah, they
0: haven't looked very good this year, like you say. Yeah, I mean, Justin Fields moved the ball pretty well against them last week, so I'm not yeah. necessarily scared off of it, but I would feel better about uh, Cousins if it was Teddy or, uh, or Tua in this one. Dalvin Cook's a must start. Justin Jefferson's a must start. Uh, I love the, my, uh, they have the Minnesota Vikings every week. The show doc is very easy to make for them. Adam Thielen, again, is the only guy that you're kind of uh, on the fence about here. He is the quintessential flex option, as it were. He is kind of just that guy that, you know, if you are, if you have other guys you're excited to start, he's probably on your bench. And if you have some guys on by or some guys that are injured uh, or, you know, anything else, he is a fine option to throw in your flex. So, Cody, I'm going to throw out a few guys here and see how you feel about Thielen this week. Um, we're gonna go Adam Thielen, Jerry Judy, Romeo Dobbs, and AJ Dillon. Rank them for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when you said earlier Thielen's gonna be a good measuring stick for us this week, I've, I'm I'm pretty high on Thielen overall. Um, he's actually the number one guy I would take out of these four. Uh, he's just in a really good matchup, and this is I'm just gonna say this because it ties into my number two guy. But their offense hasn't looked inept, so I just like Thielen. Um, I think he'll get in the end zone. I don't know what his betting prop is to score a touchdown, but I think this is a Thielen touchdown week. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Judy um, just because it's a decent matchup. There should be – the offense should be pressed to score points there, and but their offense has looked inept. So it's, I'm still kind of a little hesitant to start Judy. I'm going to go A.J. Dillon three. Um, it should be a good matchup, but I'm just hesitant. Uh, he just has not been producing for fantasy – um, and I think this is a really boomer or do or die week for him because even though buys and injuries are piling up, I mean, I mean he just he has to do something either get in the end zone or break a big play something to kind of get us re excited for Dylan and then number four I would just go with Dobbs. Um, I just, I'm just hesitant. He, I know he has he has the potential for a big week, but I'm just going to bet on that he's going to have more bus games than boom games rest of season. And it's just difficult to you know predict when Dubs is going to have his his boom games.
0: Yeah, I agree on Romeo Dobbs completely. I'm not quite as high on him. I haven't been uh, this whole year. Uh, we'll see how that ends up playing out. But I think that Packers situation is going to be uh, a lot like that KC situation where it's just going to be kind of a it, it definitely of weeks. is.
1: Yeah,
0: and. Um, Adam Thielen I like this week as well, but I think I would go A.J. Dillon one out of these guys. I think it's more of a gut call than anything else, but I just think that he will get going against the Jets. I I don't see him, you know, only ending up with six carries like he had last week. Uh, But again, I I don't mind Adam Thielen in this matchup either. I think he's a solid play. And for the tight ends for Minnesota, Irv Smith, I think he finds himself in that same sort of streaming category as we talked about with Evan Ingram earlier. So, you know, if you're looking this low, He's a fine play, uh, just like any of the other guys. But you know, you're you have a pretty low floor here with Herb Smith Jr. Basically hoping that he scores. Um, on the Miami side, again, Skylar Thompson will be the guy. If you are desperate in a two QB league, you can throw, throw him in there uh, against kind of a weaker defense. But uh, that's pretty much all there is with Skylar Thompson. He is basically just impacting the rest of the options here. Uh, Raheem Mostert, you need to monitor his injury. He's still on that. Uh, he still has a questionable tag heading into Sunday right now. So we'll see how that ends up playing out. But if he plays, his uh, his usage has been absolutely elite the past couple weeks. So I have no problem throwing him into your RV2 slot. Uh, any disagreements there on Mostert?
1: No, I completely agree with Mostert. Uh, Edmonds should be rostered as long as you are in a deep league that it's worth rostering him in. Um, But at this point, he's just a handcuff or insurance piece. But Mostert does get hurt a lot, so I think he's still a high-end insurance piece.
0: 100% agree there uh, with Chase Edmonds. On the wide receiver side, Tyree Kill, I think, is too good to keep out of your lineup, even with Skylar Thompson at quarterback, so you're probably throwing him in. Jalen Waddell is a little bit more of an interesting conversation. He uh, is off the injury report, so he's not banged up anymore. Uh, but in the same game, Cody, would you rather start Jalen Waddle with Skylar Thompson under center or Adam Thielen on the other side of the field?
1: Yeah, you, you hate to see this kind of question, man. Especially if you're a Waddle manager, because a couple weeks in, you thought you had drafted your your you know league winner. Um, but I think I'm still going to play Waddle. I mean, he just has that game breaking ability that he can take a screen to the house at any time. Uh, again, I still think Thielen's going to have a solid week, so maybe it's just even matchup dependent. You know, if you need maybe someone that you know is going to get you points, I'd go Thielen. If you need someone who can really break like just game break for you and potentially score two long touchdowns, I'd go Waddle. Um, but they, sadly, those two guys are in a very close race for who would meet who would be in my starting lineup.
0: Yeah, I think in a general sense, I would agree. I would go with Waddle uh, if it was just these two in a vacuum, but I think that's a really good point that you brought up there. Uh, you kind of just have to know your matchup here. If you're facing maybe one of the better teams in the league and uh, you think you need somebody that's going to give you a boom week, you go with Waddle, and if you're one of the better teams in the league, you're facing a weaker manager this week, go ahead and just throw Thielen in there for some guaranteed points Yeah, uh, because Waddle does have a pretty low floor uh, this week. Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh is our next game. Tampa Bay favored by eight and a half points. Uh, That line has been moving. I think it might be up to around 10 now. But uh, when I did the show doc, it was eight and a half over unders 45 for this one. Uh, Starting on the Tampa Bay side, Tom Brady is a solid start. Pittsburgh has been uh, a very bad defense so far this year, especially without TJ Watt. So he's in your lineup. Leonard Fournette in your lineup as well, uh, continuing to monitor Rashad White's involvement, but he's not quite on the weekly radar yet for starting purposes. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they're both in your lineup, like I said, with Godwin. We're keeping an eye on his snap share. Uh, it, was only, it was hovering a little bit above 50% last week, but I expect that to uh, go upwards here. And uh, both these guys are very startable assets against, again, a weak Pittsburgh defense here in this one. Um, and Cade Otten uh, on the tight end side is kind of an interesting player right now. Uh, I, I kind of like throwing him on your bench as a speculative guy. I always like having Tom Brady's outlet, and if he ends up being that guy, he could be a legit option at the tight end position moving forward. Cameron Brait is coming back this week, so just keep an eye on that. If you know he relegates Otten to a part-time player, then this will be a moot point, but I think he, uh, he's looked okay, and he's someone that I am interested in monitoring.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with the monitoring part. Um, I actually have a buddy who's starting Kate Otten against me this week in fantasy football, and I'm very excited for that. I don't think he should be played um, <laughs> at all, especially with Cameron Brate uh, coming back, but he is someone who could monitor. I mean, Brady has made, you know obviously, Gronk being his most famous tight end for fantasy relevance, but... I mean, again, just tight ends that are his kind of safety blanket are, are great fantasy options. So if Kate Otten becomes that guy, he definitely could be a fantasy tight end. And it doesn't take a lot to break into that streamable you know, tight end category. So maybe in the exactly. upcoming weeks he can take that spot from Brayton and kind of break into there. Um, before we move to Pittsburgh, did just get a notification on my phone. Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor both downgraded to out for Sunday's game. Really? So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, breaking news there. Um, I'm scrolling back up because I can't even remember who their third string running back is.
0: Um, Dion Jackson. That yeah. Would be, uh, I would recommend him as an RB two now. Uh, realizing that information, and I am making a waiver claim in one league real quick. So <laughs> hold tight here. Yeah. No, don't worry. I'm doing the same thing right now. <laughs> A little desperate in this league. I'm one in four. I really need a win, so oh, I'm um, going to check. Dion Jackson is available. Let's go. Okay. Um. Wow. Okay. Good information there, Cody. Nice. Uh, thank you for updating me. I appreciate that. My my one and fourteen. Thanks you, but everybody else. Uh, note that uh, Deion Jackson will be the starter this week, and he falls into the low end RB two category.
1: Yep. So if um, you were, if you were, you know, one of those guys that has Damian Pierce and Derek Henry, like myself, he's a guy you should be looking yeah, to add right 100%. away. Hopefully, you can listen to this before you know other people in your league do, or they just get the notification. But go add him if Another you be-
0: guy. Another guy that I saw in person last week, he actually looks solid, honestly. I think hes uh, he'll be an okay guy, especially getting all the work in uh, in Indianapolis there. Yeah. Uh, on the Pittsburgh side, Kenny Pickett, we're not considering this week against the tough Tampa defense, not even in two quarterback leagues. Uh, Najee Harris, wow, this is an interesting conversation. He has really fallen pretty far here as far as the fantasy spectrum goes. He is in that tough run of matchups that we mentioned a few weeks ago. Uh, we told you you might want to move off, and before that, Cody in our Dynasty League thankfully did. Uh, got some decent value there in Cortland Sutton, but um, I'm throwing him in the low-end RV2 category just based on his workload, but I am not confident starting him at all. Cody, I'm going to give you um, you know, uh, one other guy in that low-end RV2 category, see how you feel about Harris right now. Would you start Najee Harris or J.K. Dobbins this week?
1: yeah um i mean with naji in general i mean it's going to be hard to bench him with the buys again if you have pierce or someone like that you know like if i would start pierce over naji all day long if i could but uh, with him on buy, probably that option for you is going to be taken away oh i just uh um let's see I think i just have to go Dobbins. I mean, I just – I don't think I could have any hope in Najee Harris against a really, really tough uh, rushing defense. And, I mean, we just – you see it if you watch Pittsburgh. I know a lot of people don't because their offense is just bad. But Jalen Warren looks better with the football in his hands than Najee Harris does. So – I mean, there could be a chance that Jalen Warren breaks one against this defense before Najee Harris does. So I would go Dobbins over this week. And, I mean, anyone that we kind of classify as a running back two, I maybe even am willing to start them over Najee Harris. I'm just, I know I traded traded him, so I'm probably just a little bit more pessimistic than I would be if I had him still. But I just, I traded him for a reason. I mean, I felt like I didn't even really get great value for him back because I kind of traded him after. His rough start. I probably I mean, at the end of last season you could have traded him for a haul, and I got Corlin Sutton back. But overall, I think at the end of the season we may look back and think that was a good trade. I, I'm just Najee's tough man. It's tough to see.
0: Yeah, for the rest of this year, I think at least you will be happy about that trade, and especially for the next few weeks, uh, it's going to be a tough go for Najee. Hopefully, uh, he can you know break a long run or something or fall into the end zone in this one. I think that's the only way he's going to have value. Um, on the wide receiver side, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are interesting conversations right now. It was encouraging to see Deontay hold his target share last week with Pickens under center, but again, uh, another low you know, low efficiency outing for Deontay, so I don't really know where we stand on these two guys. Personally, I am on the Pickens side of things for the rest of the year. Cody, uh, how do you feel?
1: Yeah, for, for this week, I'm okay with Deontay Johnson. I think he's still the wide receiver one um, from a depth chart and target share percentage for this team. At least he will be. But rest of the season, I mean, I think Pickens is the playmaker on this team, and he kind of seems to be the most explosive wide receiver option they have. So with a young you know, rookie quarterback that's probably not going to be able to push the ball downfield very well against good defenses, I kind of like that guy who can make explosive plays happen. Um, but this week, if you have Deontay Johnson, I think you're still okay with starting him. But I, if he maintains the target share this week, I would try and trade Deontay uh, immediately because I think that the Pickens takeover is, is bound to happen by the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen a guy that is more guaranteed for 10 targets in a game and that I'm less excited to start than Deontay Johnson in this one. I think Pittsburgh's definitely going to have to throw quite a bit, and Deontay will be on the receiving end of a lot of those targets. But uh, as we've seen so far this year, they're not incredibly high value. Uh, our, our, our measuring stick uh, is going to come into play here again. Cody, would you rather start? Any uh, Either one of these Pittsburgh wide receivers or Adam Thielen?
1: I'm going to go Adam Thielen over both of these Pittsburgh wide receivers.
0: Yeah, I would agree there. Um, I'm not incredibly confident in Pittsburgh's ability to move the ball in this one. Um, no Frymuth this week. He's out with that concussion that he received last week, so uh, I'm not looking at any options on the tight end spectrum. Uh, anything else on this game you want to mention?
1: Nope. We're all good.
0: San Francisco at Atlanta, San Francisco favored by five and a half points in this one over under 44 and a half um, that over under may find its way into our best bet segment as well. But starting on the San Francisco side, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he's actually in the streaming category this week. Um, more of a two QB league option, but if you're desperate and you have a guy on the buy this week, you know, he's not the worst quarterback to throw in, uh, in your, in your lineup there. Would you rather start Jimmy G or Russ this week, Cody? I, I don't either want to answer this question, so I'll just throw it to you.
1: Yeah, what a disgusting question. Uh, I'm just going to go with Russ, but just for one more week, man. I mean, I well, he does have the injury, which, I mean, I could understand if you want to pivot to Jimmy G, but I just with the weapons he has, I, I just have to go Russ one more week. But if he looks bad again, then I don't think Russ is startable until he looks good. So I'm going to give Russ one more chance, but it, it's not with a lot of confidence.
0: Yeah, I I think I would agree. I'd go Russ, but uh, yeah, like you said, not with a lot of confidence. Uh, Jeff Wilson's a smash start in this one. I think we're just watching uh, how Tyrion Davis Price is used. He was pretty heavily involved the one week that these two guys were splitting the backfield, but Wilson has kind of emerged since then. I'm not scared to start him, especially in the uh, the matchup against Atlanta. Uh, Debo Samuel's in your lineup. Brandon Ayuk, I am avoiding this week. Uh, would you drop Brandon Ayuk at this point, Cody? I'm not really sure what to make of him. Um, you know, I, I really like the player, but the target volume's just not been there. So uh, I think I'm okay dropping Brandon Ayuk in most cases. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely
1: a drop candidate at this point. Um, at just this passing game. I mean,. I know when I know a lot of people that were excited when Jimmy G came back, but Jimmy G just has not supported multiple wide receivers for fantasy football. I don't think ever, so I I think a lot of Brandon IU Kype was just hoping that Trey Lance would uh, just be better than Jimmy G has been historically. Unfortunately, that's kind of out of the picture for right now, Um, especially with buys, injuries piling up. If there's someone out there on that waiver wire that's going to benefit your team immediately, Brandon Ayuk is 100% droppable. Um, uh, He's nothing – I can't start him with confidence on any given week, so he's nothing more than a stash piece. And I think I'd rather watch someone else kind of clog their roster with Brandon Ayuk as opposed to myself.
0: Yeah, if you're you're not – if you're this – you know, unconfident in starting him against Atlanta. There's not going to be a ton of matchups where you feel great about starting him. So um, yeah. I think maybe, maybe you want to hold him one more week just because they do play Kansas City next week, and that is going to be a matchup that you want to uh, start your wide receivers in, especially because of the points that need to be scored on the uh, the other end. But uh, I have no problem dropping Brandon You. George Kittle, you're uh, starting him if he's your guy. I, uh, I think I want to throw a little touchdown guarantee on George Kittle here the same way you did Adam Thielen earlier in the show. I, I feel like this just, you know, he's been kind of building up to this at this point, and uh, he's too good of a player to stay off the score sheet for long. I, I am guaranteeing a George Kittle touchdown this Sunday. Hopefully he comes through for me. Um, anything you want to add on San Francisco, Cody? No,
1: nope, if, you know, if Kittle's your guy, you're starting him for sure. Um, I think we both labeled him as like a tight end four if we had to re-rank our tight ends rest of season. So if he's your guy, I would definitely be confident playing him. And a little feeling uh, George Kittle parlay for touchdowns tomorrow. I don't mind it.
0: <laughs> Hopefully we'll be winning a little money tomorrow on those two guys, Cody. Uh, on the Atlanta side, Marcus Mariota is not on the streaming radar this week because of the tough matchup. I will say that I'm uh, you know, not quite as scared of these Atlanta options because uh, San Francisco has a few guys that are banged up in this one uh, and some big names at that. Emmanuel Mosley and Nick Bosa at the, the forefront there. So uh, this San Francisco defense doesn't quite scare me as much as they normally would. But again, Marcus Mariota is still not on the streaming radar to QB League option. Tyler Algier, I would still call him a desperation flex at this point. My uh, my man has a chance to emerge still at this point uh, because he will probably be the lead guy. But again, uh, I'm I'm still a little bit scared of the San Francisco defense, even considering the uh, the guys missing here, especially from the running back perspective. I think Drake London is the guy that I'm a little less scared to start now that uh, these other options are you know not available with without Nick Bosa. Uh, I think Marcus Mariota might actually have a little bit of time to throw the ball. Uh, the Charvarius Ward bit that you gave earlier in the show is interesting, and I think that could affect Drake London. But, you know, he might find himself on Kyle Pitts as well on the outside. So I, I mm-hmm. think Drake London will be a fine option in this one. I'd call him a, a high-end wide receiver three uh, myself. And then Kyle Pitts, again, we're, we're kind of trying to avoid him right now coming off of the injury and with the tough matchup. But uh, if he is your guy, I, I feel like you're going to be. It's going to be tough to sit him unless you have a high end streamer or somebody that you picked up earlier in the year, like a David Njoku, uh that we mentioned earlier. Cody, uh, you want to give any thoughts on these Atlanta
1: guys? Yeah, this the Taysom Pitts discussion. I think we kind of had earlier. I think we're both on the Taysom side oh, of that. Taysom. So I'm going to give you yeah. some some different names here that are probably you know that if you didn't pick up another tight end option, another higher end tight end option. These are the names you're looking at. Tyler Conklin, Evan Ingram, Robert Tanyan, Are you starting any of those guys over Pitts, or would you still just roll Pitts out there this week? I think I'm going Pitts if I'm looking that
0: low. Yeah, I uh, I think the upside's just too too great, and the floor is you know just as low with all of those guys as it is with Pitts. So I think I would be sticking with Kyle Pitts in that situation. But the fact that that question even needs to be asked should tell you yeah. everything about how Kyle Pitts has played so far this year. Um, anything else you want to mention with Atlanta and San Francisco?
1: Nope, I think we're good. Jets
0: at uh, the Packers here uh, is our next game. Green Bay favored by 7.5, and, and this one over-under is 45.5. Uh, on the Jets side, I think we are passing on Zach Wilson this week, but i hoping to see his pass volume go up a little bit so we can see how these uh, wide receiver options play with a little bit more volume in the passing game. Uh, on the running back side, I think Brees Hall has uh, solidified himself as a must start until, uh, you know, we see the split come back the other way with Mike Carter. And then with Michael Carter, I think we are still holding him potentially, especially through the buys. I think he's an OK option. He's still getting some work, but um, he is a little bit more, you know, he's finding himself more in the high end handcuff role than he is necessarily in the... Uh, the flex-slash-RB2 role that he was earlier this year.
1: Yeah, um, if, if he doesn't get in the end zone twice last week on two one-yard carries, I think that yeah, he's, he's officially an insurance back, And but just if Brees gets in on those two, it's 100% swung Brees' way, but just because he got down at the one or two uh, multiple times, I think Michael Carter is still somewhat relevant, but just a very low-end option in my opinion. I still think this is Brees Hall's backfield from this point moving forward.
0: And then Garrett Wilson is the guy I would be wanting to start out of the wide receiver room. I'm not incredibly excited to do so. Uh, like I said, I'm hoping that we see excuse me, a little bit more pass volume from this Jets team so we can see how these targets will be divvied up between uh, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, and Elijah Moore. I would throw both Moore and Davis in you know, a half-tier right below Garrett Wilson. I think all of them are probably in the same boat, but Garrett Wilson is the guy that I would want to start just based on ability out of the three of them if you have to choose one of them. Cody, uh, do you have uh, any disagreements there?
1: Uh, no, if I had to start one of them, Garrett Wilson is the guy. Um, but my overall Jets take is I'm starting Brees, and then the rest of these guys I want to just wait on um, and, and try to hold. But... With, you know, buys slash injuries, Garrett Wilson will probably find his way into your lineup this week. But, you know, between Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, I, I don't have a lot. I don't have any confidence starting those two guys. Garrett Wilson is, is the one I would start.
0: And then, uh, like you mentioned earlier, Tyler, Tyler Conklin finds himself in the low-end streaming category. Um you know, if you gotta start him, you you can, but I would probably be looking to other options and I'd probably rather start the other tight end in this game, uh, out of the, the low end streamers here. Um on the Green Bay side, Aaron Rodgers, he has pretty much solidified himself as a low end starter this year, uh, especially against the Jets at home. This should be a matchup that he can exploit. But he has basically, you know, found himself he is the quintessential two fifty and two quarterback at this point. So you kind of know what you're going to get from him, and it's not a ton of upside, but he's very good at football, so he he won't have a ton of downside either. Uh, on the running back side, Aaron Jones is a must start. A.J. Dillon, like I said earlier, I'm just – I'm kind of uh, – this is more of a gut call than it is anything else, to be honest. I, I think that the, the Green Bay Packers will get going in this one against the, uh, the New York Jets, and I think A.J. Dillon will get into the end zone. So I'm okay starting him in a flex or an RB 2 spot but I, I understand the the trepidation on aj dylan here cody uh, do you want to give your thoughts on these packers running backs
1: yeah i'm just hesitant on aj dylan i know i have a couple names listed here but there's one in particular i just want to get your your opinion on because we'll talk about him a little later we're both kind of high on him this week aj dylan or devin duvernay in a flex position half point full point and non-ppr
0: I think in full PPR, I'd be going Devin DuVernay. Uh, that's more of just my confidence in him without Bateman, to be honest. Right. And half and and non-PPR, I'd go A.J. Dillon. Uh, again, okay. I'm pretty confident that he will get into the end zone this week. So I, I think I would go that route, but I like DuVernay in a full PPR situation there. Yep. And on the wide receiver side for the uh, Packers, Romeo Dobbs and Alan Lazard are the two guys that we're looking at. Uh, I think right now Lazard is the guy most people are leaning towards uh, the way that the target share has worked out these past couple weeks. <coughs> I'm not exactly sure what to make of these two guys, to be honest. Again, I think this is a little bit of a Kansas City situation where it's just going to be someone different each week. Randall Cobb led the team in targets last week randomly. So just knowing that's a possibility kind of scares me off of both of these guys you know, being lineup
1: locks for me uh, moving forward, do you feel any differently? I, I don't feel any differently at all. Um, the only difference with these Packers is they don't have Travis Kelsey to steal, you know, four touchdowns in any given week. So one of these guys Sorry. may get into the end zone, which may help you for fantasy, but I feel like it kind of just skews their numbers in general. Because if none of these wide receivers got into the end zone like the Chiefs' options don't, then we wouldn't be really thinking about starting any of them. But you still have that chance of these guys getting in there. Um, so I think they're still just maybe slightly higher than the Chiefs' options, but you're right; they're right there in that same, you know, same grouping as them.
0: Yeah, I think the equalizer there is the fact that the Chiefs' uh, offense is just a little bit better, and the Chiefs' defense is a little bit worse. So uh, Green yeah. Bay's offense is, you know, not it doesn't have to do quite as much from the passing side. But um, yeah, on these guys, who, who would you have rest of season, Cody? I, I'm not even really sure what my answer would be to be honest. So I'm curious what you think
1: just between Lazard or Dubs or between all the ones you have listed here? yeah L- Lazard or Dubs well oh, I, I mean I guess I would I I've been a Lazard guy so I'm just gonna ride it out rest of season but <laughs> I think they're basically just the same same for me they're a little confidence and if if one gets in the end zone then they're gonna have the better week
0: measuring stick time Cody L- Lazard Dubs or uh,
1: Adam Thielen Ooh, I'm going Adam Thielen over both those guys
0: yeah, I think I would agree. Um, also, I'm incredibly confident choosing my, you know, choosing my Green Bay wide receiver
1: here. Sauce Gardner's also looked really good, so whichever wide receiver gets lined up against him also kind of gets a little bit of a downgrade. Uh, I think he's been one of those top corners that we've been mentioning week to week. So it could be you know Lazardo or Dubs on I mean, just about any given play. So I I think that all these guys are kind of just downgraded for me, but it should be an overall a good matchup. So with buys and stuff and injuries they can get in your lineup but i just have very little confidence in either of them
0: yeah that's a good note on sauce gardner there he has looked really good so far this year um i don't expect him to shadow either one of these guys like he said but again the fact that both of these guys will probably see a little bit of him downgrades them slightly Uh, and then robert tunyan we mentioned earlier Uh, I think I would rather start him than the other tight end in this game, but that's not necessarily a ring endorsement. Uh, He's the quintessential uh, touchdown or bust tight end. It doesn't really offer you much in the way of yardage. So you're basically hoping he gets into the end zone. Not a horrible bet to make when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, but again, uh, only a few guys score a touchdown each week on each team. So uh, you're kind of just taking a bet on that with Robert Tunyon. I'm just, I'm, I mean, I think he's more of that tight end 12 type of guy. The rest of the year hasn't really emerged as the, you know, consistent option in this passing game, as I think we were both hoping. Uh, Anything else you want to add on this game, Cody? Uh,
1: Nope. I think we're good.
0: Cincinnati at New Orleans, Cincinnati favored by two points in this one. Uh, That line may have moved since Jameis Winston was ruled out and all the pass catchers have been, uh, you know, ruled out as well. I will take a look at that, but, Cincinnati favored by two, uh, over-unders 43. Starting on the Cincinnati side, um, I'm not streaming for Joe Burrow this week, but I'm managing my expectations. This New Orleans defense is tough, and Joe Burrow just has not looked that great this year. Had what should have been a pretty easy matchup against Baltimore last week. Did not play incredibly well. Um, you know, this offensive line has really just limited his uh, his upside. Joe Mixon, he's in your lineup just because of volume, but I think that you know the same goes for him. You just kind of got to manage your expectations with this whole since the offense this week, especially against the New Orleans team with so many of their offensive playmakers missing. I feel like this game could end up being a little bit more low scoring than we expect. Um, on the wide receiver side, Jamar Chase is in your lineup. T. Higgins. Uh, I, I don't even know what to do here. I feel like I'd honestly be trying to pivot even if he plays. Last week scared me uh off of T. Um, I, I had him in a few of my lineups, so that, that hurt me pretty bad, the full goose. I think I wanna see him completely healthy before I get him in there. It's gonna be really hard, especially when buys, you know, come up here that it's gonna be hard to sit T Higgins if he's active, but I think you might want to look at other options. I might even, would you rather start Tyler Boyd or T Higgins if he's active uh, in this game?
1: Uh, If he's active, I would rather start T Higgins over Tyler Boyd. But if you have a, an Adam Thielen, I think I'd be okay with throwing Adam Thielen in there instead of T Higgins this week. Um, Just because we've seen that active doesn't mean he's completely healthy and ready to go for T Higgins. And the Bengals are willing to still put him out there, even though he's not ready to go. So um, if you don't have a high end flex option, then I'm okay with putting T. Higgins out there and hoping for the best. But if I have a Thielen, an A.J. Dillon, someone like that that I could flex instead of T. Higgins, I think I'm going that route this week just to be safe. You know, you can't, you don't want to, don't want to be out there putting up zeros for your team. It's not, not good, not a good uh, strategy to win fantasy football games.
0: Yeah. Now that we've said that, T. Higgins is uh, definitely going to, uh, put up 150 yeah. yards and two touchdowns in this one for sure. Um, well, good
1: because I'm, I'm forced to start him in one of my leagues, so I'm just going to keep doubting. <laughs> 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 on oh, the tight end
0: side, uh, Hayden Hurst. I think his uh, you know his his usage is going to depend on whether Higgins plays or not in this one. If there's no Higgins, he's actually above that. You know, Ty- Tunnyan Conklin ingram range that we uh have discussed so far in this show i'd be pretty confident starting him if higgins does play he finds himself in that boat with uh tunyan ingram conklin you know that those type of guys if you if you have to start him you can but i wouldn't be incredibly confident if higgins is active in this one uh do you disagree
1: uh, no, I, I agree with you there. I also don't think this offense and Joe Burrow wants to continuously keep dumping it down to the tight end. I think they'd rather push the ball downfield to Jamar and T. Higgins. So I think he's a fine option if T. Higgins doesn't play. But if he does, I think I'd be looking elsewhere.
0: On the New Orleans side, it's going to be Andy Dalton this week. Uh, we have the revenge narrative going for uh, the Red Rifle. So hopefully he can come through against his old team. That'll be fun to watch. Uh, kind of a weird... It will be a weird sight to see him in a New Orleans jersey playing against the Bengals, but uh, good luck to you, Mr. Dalton. Hopefully you can show out against your old team, even though all of your pass-catching options are not available in this one other than Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. Uh, Speaking of Alvin Kamara, he is in your lineup. He is going to be incredibly necessary this week. He might get 30 touches against the Bengals, to be honest. I I don't really see who else in this – you know, out of these – pass-catching options is going to get the ball. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of offense New Orleans runs. I think it's going to be a lot of Kamara and a lot of Taysom Hill. Uh, Like we said with these wide receivers, all of them are banged up. Uh, Alave is trending towards not playing, especially with that concussion just last week. So if he's in there, uh, you're starting him and you're starting him very confidently, especially with the other guys missing. But you know, no Thomas, no Landry, no Alave. I'm, I'm not I think the rest of the guys, if you want to go with a Traquan Smith in a DFS lineup as a dart throw, I'm fine with it. But I'm not, I don't have the stones to start any of those guys in a a redraft league. Do you disagree, Cody?
1: No, 100% agree. I think Alvin and this next guy we're going to talk about are the only two players from the uh, Saints I'd be looking to start this week, the way it's trending.
0: Yeah, and like you said, Taysom Hill, I think he is finds him I think he finds himself as a solid starter in the tight end position. Um so weird calling him a tight end because he is just not a tight end whatsoever. Doesn't it's really up <laughs> yeah, he's just not a tight end whatsoever at all. He does not play tight end, uh really at all unless he's blocking, but <laughs> he is listed as a tight end on the depth chart, so we get to play him there. Uh, the only reason that he is relevant to be honest, but it, the fact that he is is uh, pretty encouraging because the tight end position is a uh, absolute dumpster fire for you know the rest of the league for the most part. So I think he finds himself as a solid start to be honest. and you know, I'm fine throwing taysom Hill in my lineup. I' probably if I add rankings, I think he'd find himself at five or six this week. I, again, I think both of us find him just very necessary to the Saints offense this week. And especially at coming off what he did last week, I, I find it hard to believe that they won't, you know, use him nine to ten times at least uh, in the ground game here. So yeah. hopefully he finds his way into
1: the end zone. Yeah, we're talking um, of Taysom. So here comes a, you know, three carry for 15-yard week from Taysom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that but unfortunately
0: I, is on the board for Taysom. But, again, I think all tight ends sort of have that. Yeah, low floor as well. So
1: yeah, I is think it is. I think Taysom's a a must start at the position for me. If you went to go at him either before last week or before this week, you're questionable at the tight end position. So over most of those questionable guys, I'm going Taysom Hill all day. I think uh, Kelsey uh, Andrews Goddard um, are definitely three that I'm not starting Taysom over. I don't think I'd start him over Zach Ertz this week. Uh, but one name that we have here, I kind of want to get your temperature check on. I think I would start him over George Kittle this week. I know you called for the Kittle touchdown, so would you go Kittle over Taysom?
0: Yeah, I think, again, the, the gut call there with George Kittle would make me go that route. Uh, I just feel like a breakout is coming there. and yeah, he's um, You know, he is George Kittle, so I think I would go with Kittle over Taysom, but it's not really anything that has happened on the football field so far. It's just more of a gut call, so if you want to go – him over Kittle I wouldn't really blame you to be honest I think he is you know pretty much lockstep with Kittle as far as a, a rankings based situation goes for sure. Baltimore at the New York Giants Baltimore favored by six points and one over under 45 uh, starting on the Baltimore side I think this game I, I, I've gone back and forth on thinking this is going to be a shootout and thinking this is going to be a low scoring one so I'm kind of interested to see how it plays out. Uh, on the Baltimore side, obviously, we're starting Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, he is a more interesting conversation. I think he finds himself in the low-end RB2 category right now, especially during the buys. But uh, last week was pretty concerning to me, honestly. I thought he would be, you know, working his way more into this offense as the season went on, but he kind of took a step back last year. Are you thinking that uh, he's going to emerge at least as, you know, a – snap share guy at some point or do you think that the Baltimore Ravens are just going to kind of continue to use him as a bit player?
1: No, I I think he's going to emerge as that guy. Now, the the issue with me saying that is Gus Edwards is uh, trending towards coming back, not this week, but within the next couple of weeks. So we'll kind of see, you know, he may not be splitting with Justice Hill. He may end up be splitting with Gus Edwards, who's shown to be a pretty solid running back in the NFL. So um, for this week at least, I'm confident starting J.K. Dobbins. Rest of season, I would still be hesitant. Um, he's still not necessarily a trade for candidate for me, just because we don't know what it's going to look like, and they still have another, you know, solid, goodish running back that's going to be coming off an injury that could take snaps from him. So this week I'm good with him, but moving forward, I'm still on. I'm still on the hesitant side.
0: Rank these guys for me, Cody. It's going to temperature check on J.K. Dobbins. Uh, we're going to go J.K. Dobbins, Zeke, uh, Tony Pollard and kareem
1: hunt yep so again this is just for this week but i'm gonna go dobbins number one um he is the number one running back for this team even though he is splitting with hill so i think he can find his way into the end zone get himself you know involved in the passing game and just at least outperform these other three options maybe not by a lot um kareem hunt would be my number two guy should be a positive game script for him he's he would be the other guy I would argue could be number one um, and then I have Zeke and Pollard. Again, that matchup is just super tough. I'd go Zeke over Pollard just because he's the r b one in that timeshare. Um, but I think those two are are still just a little bit below where where Dobbins and Hunt are for me.
0: Yeah, you mentioned it. I think I would probably put Hunt over Dobbins, but uh, I think those two are pretty close. I, I hold them both in that low end r b two category. Uh, I think they're I'm just a little bit more confident in Hunt's floor. Dobbins just scared me last week with uh, you know his low snap share. I'm hoping that the Ravens work him more in as the year goes, but yeah. you know I I don't know. I think the Ravens just might be a team that likes to use multiple backs, and yeah. that might continue all year. So we'll see how it plays out, but hopefully if, uh... for this.
1: If Go New ahead. Chubb could stop scoring from the 30 yard line, I would love Kareem Hunt. But he just, <laughs> when he gets inside that 30 and he yeah. just no one can get him down right after that, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, he, he, he likes to do that. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see with, with that, what works out there with Kareem Hunt. But I think I would start him over J.K. Dobbins this week. Uh, a, a guy that we mentioned earlier in the show that I'm actually pretty excited to start this week is Devin Duvernay. I I like the way that the Ravens utilized him last week. They actually got him a couple carries out of the backfield. Uh, Looks like he was the solid number two option in the passing game behind Mark Andrews. Uh, I believe he received seven targets last week. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, without without uh, Rashad Bateman, as long as he is out, Devin DuVernay is a really solid option, especially in PPR leagues, and he has that big play potential as well. We've seen him hit the home run a couple times this year, so I think, the, I think Devin DuVernay finds himself as a high-end wide receiver three this week.
1: Yep, especially with Bateman out, I couldn't agree more. I love Devin DuVernay this week. I actually, in one of my leagues, I got to pick him up off of the waiver wire, and now I get to start him against the guy who dropped him. So that just makes me so happy Ooh, from that's perspective. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Mark Andrews,
0: obviously, he is in your lineup as For well. Sure. Uh, and on the Giants side, Daniel Jones. I think he could do worse at a uh, you know the QB2 spot in a uh, super flex league, but – Uh, We're not really considering him in a one-quarterback league yet. Uh, This matchup doesn't really scare you that much, and the Giants should have to put up some points, so Daniel Jones could be a sneaky quarterback, too, uh, in Superflex Leagues this week. Saquon Barkley, he is absolutely a start. Uh, On the wide receiver side for the Giants, I think Darius Slayton is kind of the guy that we're looking at right now. Uh, He could easily have a two-target game and not do much, uh, because Richie James was the guy we were looking at last week, and he goosed us uh, for the most part last week, so very possible that he does the same here in Darius Slayton, but I don't mind a speculative ad on him. I actually just kind of like the player. I always have. I don't really know why the Giants haven't given him more of a shot. I honestly did not know he was still on the roster until last week. I kind of figured that he had moved on, but uh, with all the uh, you know the additions at the wide receiver spot that the Giants have made uh, in the past year or so, but Darius Slayton I think could be an interesting option moving forward if he ends up emerging as the one he really has an opportunity here with uh, all of the you know injuries to the Giants wide receivers how do you feel about him
1: uh yeah I, I don't mind him as a speculative ad I don't think I have confidence starting him this week um I do just want to bring up this is the sixth Giants wide receiver that we have mentioned on the pod um already this season so I, I don't mind him as a speculative ad but i I don't have super like a lot of confidence in him we're hoping Ronda can eventually come back which I think would downgrade Slayton Tony potentially but I don't think so so he's fine for uh, a speculative ad hopefully he continues to be involved but I, I don't know if I really like his long-term potential with the Giants I don't but I also don't know if I like really any of their wide receivers long-term potential with the uh, rate that they're getting injured.
0: And then our boy, Cody, Daniel Bellinger scored a touchdown last week. Um, You know, I, I'm actually considering him as a potential low end streamer moving forward. Very proud of him. Didn't know who he was, mentioned him as a joke in the first week, but this segment will continue all year long. Hopefully Daniel Bellinger actually moves into somewhat relevance here moving forward. Uh, we will be tracking his career with great interest.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, Nick, if you want to for these next couple of matchups, if you want to kind of read through them, I will have you in my ear if I have something to say, but I just have to uh, do something real quick uh, house-related. So, Go you, ahead. Yeah, go ahead and run through them, and if there's something that I want to bring up, I will. Uh, I'll jump in there and interject for you. Thank you. Go ahead. So our
0: next matchup here is Carolina at L.A. Uh, L.A. favored by 10 points in this one. Over-unders 42. Does not leave much for the Carolina side as far as points go. Um, But we have P.J. Walker at the quarterback position for the Carolina Panthers this week. Uh, Might be an upgrade at quarterback from what we've had so far from Baker Mayfield. That's not saying much, though. So uh, we'll see how he plays. Good luck to P.J. Walker, former XFL star. Um, for the Houston Ramblers, I think. I can't remember exactly. But anyway, uh, Christian McCaffrey is kind of the only guy that we're really considering from the Panthers' side this week as far as starting goes. Um, I think, you know, he's going to be really necessary to this offense. And the Rams' defense has been pretty good this year, but maybe not the uh, absolutely elite unit it was last year. So I'm not necessarily scared off playing McCaffrey in any, uh, any redraft leagues at all. Uh, we're not considering the wide receivers this week, especially with PJ Walker under center. I just want to see how he's going to divvy up those targets. I think you are looking at a potential full goose from any one of them. Uh, but, you know, if you want to hold on to DJ Moore, uh, just in case that uh, he ends up going off and, you know, gain some value and you can trade him next week. I don't mind it, but I don't want to throw him in my lineup this week. Carolina is pretty easy. It's McCaffrey and basically no one else on the LA side. Um, I don't have a ton of confidence in Matthew Stafford. Uh, The Carolina Panthers actually do put up a pretty good pressure rate. I think that's the main thing you want to look for with Matthew Stafford is how good is the other team's pass rush. Carolina's is pretty good. So I, um, you know, I'm not incredibly excited to start Stafford, especially in a game where you wouldn't figure uh, the Rams have to put up a ton of points. So the passing volume might be a little lower in this one. I would uh, put him below the, you know, starting tier. I put him below the Aaron Rodgers the Kirk cousins. Uh, I think him and Russell Wilson find himself in the same category, uh, with our low confidence in Russ, um, on the running back side, Cam Akers a surprise inactive this week with a personal issue. Uh, so we'll have to monitor that one, but Daryl Henderson finds himself into the RB two category because of that. Not incredibly excited to start him just because he hasn't looked that great this year. And the Rams offensive line has not been good, but he will get all of the work this weekend. So with all of the buys and the injuries, it's going to be hard not to start him. Um, I have a few leagues where I own Daryl Henderson and he has found his way into my lineup in most of them. So uh, if you have Daryl Henderson on your bench, just know he will be the main guy this week for the Rams. Cooper Cup obviously is a must start. But uh, again, monitor that injury situation with him. He is still questionable heading into Sunday. And then Tyler Higbee also uh, is in that startable tight end, uh, you know, that low end starter category for tight ends for Tyler Higbee. So he finds his way into your lineup as well, especially with the, uh, the good pass rush that the Carolina Panthers possess that makes Tyler Higbee more necessary to the offense. That uh, The LA and Carolina game is pretty easy. I think you're looking at, Henderson, Cup, and Higby on the Rams side, and then you're looking at McCaffrey on the Carolina side, and that's just about it. Uh, a little bit more of an interesting game to talk about here that is Arizona at Seattle. Arizona favored by two and a half points on the road in this one. I do not know why, to be honest with you. Uh, again, this is another one that may find its way onto our best bet segment. I really don't like betting divisional games, especially on the line, but I might break my rule for this one just because I really don't understand this line whatsoever. Uh, over fifty 50 and a half. That's pretty juicy, especially for this week. Uh, so we're going to be wanting to target options in this game. On the Arizona side, Kyler Murray's an absolute smash start. Seattle's been very bad so far this year on defense, as we've seen. So uh, Kyler Murray should be in your lineup. Eno Benjamin, another guy that should definitely be in your lineup. He will be the starter this week. James Conner's been ruled out. Darrell Williams has been ruled out. Uh, So he will get a lot of work out of the backfield. Start Eno Benjamin if you picked him up. Hollywood Brown, another guy that is a must start, probably even in the top 10 wide receiver category this week with the uh, the soft matchup against the Seattle secondary. Rondale Moore is another guy I might even be okay flexing. Um, You know, I'd say... He is a little bit boomer bust this week because Rondale Moore is always kind of that way. You don't really know if Arizona is going to go another way in their offense. And on the road at Seattle, is kind of always a game that can end up being a little bit more of a low scoring slugfest. But I'm okay throwing Rondale Moore in a flex spot if you uh, are in a pinch this week with some buys and some injuries. This should be a high scoring game. I don't mind having pieces in Uh, Zach Ertz. I think he finds himself in the same category as Tyler Higbee. He's a low-end starter. He doesn't have a ton of upside, but in this one with a lot of points being scored, he's a fine play. Uh, You have one more week before Hopkins comes back, so enjoy it with Zach Ertz. Uh, He will have at least one more week of relevance on your team here. Should have a lot of targets in a high-scoring game. On the Seattle side, Geno Smith is actually a pretty solid start this week. I have been uh, a little reluctant to believe in Geno Smith just in a general sense, to be honest. Um, and he's played really well. Nothing on the field that I have seen has shown me, you know, that he is not going to continue this, this run of good play that he's had. But I, I just see the guy and see the name, and I just can't believe in it long term. But at least for this week, I think he should be fine. Arizona's defense has been pretty, ex- uh, pretty exploitable. And again, this should be a game that has uh, a decent amount of points. So Gino probably will have to throw against a weak defense with some good options. Uh, good to see that Tyler Lockett was healthy this week, uh, or at least came off the injury report. So he has him as an option. I think between uh, Gino, Kirk, Russ, and Rogers, those are kind of the guys that find themselves in that low end starting category. I would go Kirk. Uh, then Geno, then Rodgers, then Russ, personally. Um, I am pretty confident in Geno this week as a low-end starter if you need to pivot, make that pivot, uh, if you have a buy, or uh, you know if you have Russell Wilson as your starter. On the running back side, Kenneth Walker's first week as the main guy. Uh, we'll see how it goes. He's in your lineup if you picked him up. He should get a lot of work in this one, again, against a weak Arizona defense. So um, if you spent up on Kenneth Walker or you had him on your bench, congratulations. He should be a, you know, workhorse running back for the Seattle offense against a bad defense. So uh, I expect him to have a pretty good first showing here. Um, and then DJ Dallas is another guy that we are just kind of monitoring, wondering how Seattle will end up working this split. I'm not, I'm not sure if Kenneth Walker will just be the unquestioned guy or if Dallas will eat into his early down work uh, a little bit more than we expect, but Uh, I think Dallas is a guy that you want to speculatively add just in case that is the, you know, that is the situation here in Seattle. Uh, But not, not, I'm not confident starting him yet this week. I think you're just looking at Kenneth Walker out of the backfield. Um, Kind of a tough matchup here for DK Metcalf. Byron Murphy has been very, very good at shutting down number one wide receivers. So it's going to be interesting to see how that ends up playing out. Uh, He has held a lot of number ones to pretty, you know, Low game so far this year. Cooper Cup had a bad one. A.J. Brown had a bad one. Uh, I believe Devontae Adams had a rough game against Byron Murphy. So he has been good so far this year, and he profiles as the guy uh, DK does as the guy that Byron will shadow. So just keep that in mind. going to be hard to sit him, though, in a game with this high of an over and under. Um, I, I, and it, just considering how well he's played so far this year, I think you're going to have to throw DK in your lineup. But again, just kind of manage your expectations with this Byron Murphy matchup. Something to watch moving forward. Uh, Tyler Lockett, now that he's off the injury report, is a guy that you can start solidly. I actually was pretty excited about him coming into this week. The injury sort of dampened my excitement on him. But now that he is back, I think he's going to be really necessary with this Byron Murphy situation. He should uh, maybe see a few extra targets because of the shadow of Byron Murphy uh cody do you have any thoughts on this seattle arizona game i heard that you just popped back in here uh do you want to say anything else or do you want me to just move on
1: uh nope i don't have too much else to add there you kind of hit most of my main points perfectly for me um i did want to ask you do you have the ability to stop the recording at the bottom of your riverside does it give Um, you that option
0: i don't know if i do to be honest all right. I just—I uh, don't think I have that. I don't think I have that option.
1: Okay. Um. I just—I have to get going because we're already pretty late, and Victoria's family's waiting on us. So, don't want I to can finish up this then, spot for you, Cody. I was worry. about to say if you want to just if you want to go ahead and finish it out, and then just um, I guess whenever you're done, I'll just hopefully it'll stop itself, or I'll edit it shorter, and then I'll post it here later tonight. I'm sorry. I just I don't want to. We're doing You're this for her birthday, for so good I want to make sure we get, get there. So
0: Attend to your lovely girlfriend. You get out of here, uh, I can finish this out. No
1: problem. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I will uh, I will hit you up tomorrow. And then, uh, yeah, if anyone has any questions about Start sets, hit us up through the DMs. We'd be happy to help you out. But appreciate it, Nick. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay.
0: No problem. All righty, guys. Let's run through the rest of the matchups here. Um, I'm going to run the rest of this pod solo, but – This next game is the game of the week, maybe the game of the year so far, at least hopefully. That's Buffalo at Kansas City. I'm sure Cody is a little disappointed he didn't get to talk about this one with us, but uh, Buffalo favored by two and a half points in this one, over-unders 54. Uh, On the Buffalo side, I think this is a game where any of the options that you are maybe considering on the borderline are in your lineup because we want pieces in this game. Uh, Obviously, Josh Allen's a start. Devin Singletary is a start. Uh, again, we just this is going to be a game with a lot of points. It's going to go back and forth. I think any of your auxiliary options that you are considering starting, you are putting in your lineup this week. That includes Devin Singletary. That includes, obviously, Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. That includes Isaiah McKenzie as well. I think he's a very solid flex option this week. I really just want uh, a ton of pieces in this game because it has the uh, the potential to really shoot out and be uh, just a fun game to watch if you have any of the options. Dawson Knox might be the one guy that I am not incredibly excited to start. So uh, starting this game really just hasn't shown me anything to say that he is, you know, working his way into a major role in this passing game. Uh, if you have to start him, I'm fine with it. I think I'd probably rather start him than the. Hayden Hurst's, Evan Ingram's, Herb Smith's of the world, just because this game is going to have so many points that he's going to have a good shot of the touchdown. But uh, I'm not incredibly excited to start Dawson Knox. I think the only guy on the Buffalo side that I am not excited to start. Uh, on the KC side, it's a similar story. Uh, we have Patrick Mahomes in the quarterback position. Obviously, you're starting him. You're starting Clyde edwards Lair, Had a rough week last week. And, um, you know, this, this matchup on paper is tough. But I think uh, the the game script is more important than that in this game. I think you're going to just see the the Kansas City Chiefs having to move the ball up and down the field to keep up with the Bills, and that will lead to a lot of yards and a lot of points uh, for these options, and Clyde is included in that, so you're absolutely putting him in your lineup. On the wide receiver side, uh, it becomes a little tougher. I think, uh, like we said earlier, Juju might be more of a you know, flex option than a bench piece like he normally would be just because of the points put up in this game. But uh, it's just going to be, you're kind of throwing darts with these Chiefs wide receivers every single week because it's going to be hard to tell who's going to be the, uh, the target leader week to week. So I think MBS, I think Juju are both flex options because of the game script here, but I'm not incredibly you know confident picking the guy that it's going to be uh, in any given week. And then obviously, Travis Kelsey is in your lineup as well. Um, hoping that this Kansas City Buffalo game lives up to its billing. Should be a fun one uh, this Sunday. Uh, Dallas at Philly is the nightcap here. Uh, Philadelphia favored by six and a half over under is 42 in this one. Um, on the Dallas side, I don't know how many options really that there are that we're confident starting. This is a tough Philadelphia defense, and we still have Cooper Rush under center. So. Uh, it's going to be a tough, tough go for this Cowboys offense. If they show out in this one, I'm going to be pretty impressed. Uh, hopefully they can, uh, you know, continue playing well, but we will see, uh, for the running backs. We've kind of talked about it. We've, we've sort of compared Zeke and Pollard to a lot of our other flex options so far this week, and they have kind of found their way on the bottom end of those. Hoping that, uh, again, this Dallas offense can move the ball a little bit, but with this low over/under and the low implied point total for Dallas, I'm not incredibly confident in either one of these guys. A tough filthy front seven makes this, uh, you know, just a, a tough matchup to play these guys in. I understand that uh, you know Zeke is going to get a lot of work and buys and injuries are mounting right now, so I think he might find your way into your, uh, He might find his way into your lineup, but uh, again, I'm not incredibly confident starting either one of them. I think CD is the only guy I'm looking at from the wide receiver side of things, and I'm okay starting him this week. Uh, Philly's actually been okay against wide receivers, but not great. I think that's more because of their run defense. It's been sort of a uh, you know a funnel to the wide receivers that we talk about sometimes. It's been a pass funnel for that Philly defense. So I think you can be confident starting CD Lamb. Uh, Dallas should have to throw the ball in this one. Philly's going to put up some points and. Um, you know, C.D. Lamb has been uh, Cooper Rush's go-to guy pretty consistently, and uh, Michael Gallup is another guy that we're monitoring. I'm probably putting him on my bench this week, but uh, somebody that has been emerging a little bit uh, from that injury, hopefully he can continue to uh, progress. And once Dak comes back, he should be a solid option for you. Uh, Dalton Schultz, I, I, again, we're not considering him until Dak comes back. I don't mind adding him and just kind of waiting and seeing, I think better days are ahead for Dalton Schultz, but it's, it's a, it, I would be hard pressed to start him this week. I would probably put him even below the streaming category we have talked about so far with the, uh, the Hayden Hurst, the, uh, the Evan Ingrams and the Irv Smiths of the world. On the Philly side, we are starting Jalen Hurts, obviously. Uh, he is a uh, high end QB one. Miles Sanders, uh, a tough matchup for him. Uh, obviously, Dallas's defense has been very good this year, but I, I'm going to be hard pressed to sit him, especially in a week with uh, some buys and injuries. He's in the low end RB two category. AJ Brown, a must start. Uh, the The wide receiver side of things is where I'm a little more confident on the the Philly side. Uh, Dallas has been good uh, against you know opposing wide receivers, but they are beatable. Uh, Trevon Diggs is a notorious risk taker on the cornerback side of things. He, uh, you know, gets gets makes his plays, uh, gets his interceptions, but he also lets up a decent amount of yards as well. So AJ Brown and Devontae Smith both should have fine games in this one. I'm fine starting both of them, as um, you know, a wide receiver two in Devontae's case, and then a wide receiver one in Brown's case. Dallas got another one uh, of a another one of these guys is a solid start. I would put him in the top five uh, tight end category right now. That's not an incredibly high bar to clear, but he has been really good so far. Uh, You're not setting him. Monday night action here. Um, I was hoping to throw this game to Cody because I don't love talking about my Broncos right now, but uh, I will power through. Denver at the Chargers. Chargers favored by four and a half in this one. Interesting to see the line movement here. It started out as Chargers by six and a half, it's come down to four and a half. I think that's uh, maybe more of a confidence in the, uh, the defense of the Broncos than anything else. But the over-under at 45 and a half, so a decent amount of points in this one. On the Denver side, I think you are benching, benching Russ this week unless you are desperate or in a really deep league. Uh, I we've just seen the downside for him, and it's really low. So uh, until he shows us that he has, you know, come out of this funk a little bit, I'm not going to be confident starting him. He's got four touchdowns in five weeks so far. That should say all it, uh, it needs to there for Russell Wilson. Uh, Melvin Gordon is a as a solid play this week, though. Uh, the Chargers' run defense is not very good. Uh, wasn't very good last year. It was supposed to be better this year. They added a few pieces, but. Injuries have mounted, and uh, the the run defense just has not come around the way the Chargers have hoped. So, Melvin Gordon against his old team is a very good play. I'd uh, I'd call him a high end RB two. And uh, Mike Boone, until we see you know a little bit more involvement for him, he is not on the uh, the redraft radar. I think he's nothing more than a DFS dart throw for me. Uh, and on the wide receiver side, Cortland Sutton's a smash start. He has, been wide, he has been Russell Wilson's go-to guy. Again, this should be a game with a decent amount of points, so he should be a good option. And Jerry Judy, another guy that uh, probably is more in the flex consideration, but, uh, again, easy matchup here against the, the Chargers defense that has not been very good so far this year. So I'm okay starting Jerry Judy. These two, luckily, uh, even though Wilson has struggled, have been the, the target hogs in this offense. So uh, both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are fine plays. And uh, there is not really a tight end that we're considering on the Denver side of things for the Chargers wrapping up this week uh, with the Los Angeles Chargers. We're starting Justin Herbert. This is a tough matchup. So you've got to manage your expectations. But uh, Justin Herbert is, you know, he is very good and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We're starting him. Either way, uh, Austin Eckler, actually, this is a good matchup for him. The, the Denver defense has uh, been a run funnel thus far uh, in the year, and Austin Eckler is going to be the beneficiary of that this week. I actually don't mind Josh Kelly as a flex this week either. I think he has a decent chance to score a touchdown. Seems like he has solidified himself as the RB2 in L.A., and we know that uh, the Chargers are not going to give Eckler all the rushing work. They like to split the load there on the wide receiver side, um, I think if Keenan is back this week, I'm okay starting him. It's a risky uh, risky play, but uh, considering the fact that Mike Williams will probably be lined up against Pat Sertan, if Keenan is in, he should be pretty necessary to this offense. So if Keenan makes his way back in, I'm okay starting him. You probably have to hold uh, a Josh Palmer or somebody else on Monday night just in case he doesn't play because, again, this is a Monday night game, so you're not going to have a lot of options to pivot to if Keenan is out, but uh, if he plays, I'm fine playing him. He has historically played pretty well against Denver. And again, uh, Mike Williams should see the, the tough matchup with Pat Sertan on the outside. Uh, I, I think I'm okay starting Mike Williams, even, even considering that just because he will see targets. And again, this is going to be possibly a higher scoring game. So I think I'm okay starting Williams, but you have to manage your expectations that Pat Sertan shadow has been a pretty tough one so far this year. And then, uh, Gerald Everett. If there's no Allen, I like him. I think I'd call him a low end starter. This is kind of a similar situation to Hayden Hurst in Cincinnati. If there's no T Higgins in that one, you like Hurst. If there's no Allen in this one, you like Everett. Uh, But if they if Allen plays, we're not quite as confident. I think he finds himself in that Tunyon Conklin Smith range that we've spoken about so far. You know, you can just kind of pick your poison with those guys uh, if that's the case. And you know, hope that he gets into the end zone. That's basically what you're going to be looking at. But thank you guys for tuning into this one. Uh, you know, hopefully Cody is able to listen to the rest of this episode and give his takes on uh, how I did here in the, the solo end of this pod. But I appreciate everybody for listening. Please uh, comment, like, and subscribe to the pod on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. And uh, please give your feedback on the socials. We would love to do a, a Q&A episode at some point with uh, some of the, the, the feedback from the listeners. So thank you guys very much. You all have a good week six and good luck. We will talk to you uh, on Monday with the week six wrap up show and uh, look out for those best bets as well. We've been doing pretty well the past few weeks with those. So thank you guys and uh, we'll talk to you soon.